What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Flick State. My name is Dustin Spencer. His name is Dan Johns. This is a much-delayed episode. The good news is Dan has updated his computer from Boysenberry to Linux Pro or whatever <laughs> nerdy IT terms apply to this situation. So that means we're allowed to have the podcast again. We're back. We've got Serial Olympics to get into. We've got nonsense to get into. Yes. We've got, um, I'm going to go ahead, spoiler, throw it on a limb. I'm going to say top five movie in the history of this podcast. Yes. For Halloween. Hush. We're going deep into that. Our boy, Mark Leslie from the UK suggested this. Great suggestion. And uh, just a lot to get into. But before we get into any of these topics that I want to dive into, Dan, What's going on with you? Any music stuff we need to talk about? Anything we need to plug up front? Um, nah, well, you know, I still uh, urge, first and foremost, thanks everyone who's been supportive of Dan Johns and Divine Sons over the years. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. It's much appreciated that you guys have been holding holding us down. Um, the latest Divine Sons release, All Is Well, is still available on any online platform. And if you're into getting physical copies some of you flixtapians have already done so you can go to divine sons and that's sons like sun in the sky uh sons divine sons.com or divine sons.bandcamp.com and you can purchase physical cds and you'll get a special edition limited edition uh physical cd videos are still coming man but uh my aforementioned computer problems delayed some editing um and i finally got that stuff straight but again first and foremost i want to say thank y'all for the support over the years um other than that man it's just life <laughs> life is ill uh life is real um hashtag bars but um everything's everything's just is going man you, you you know we talk every day so you know what it is but everything's going since our last episode there have been two wwe pay-per-views yes uh, tlc has occurred hell in a cell has occurred uh, the big news coming into this past week's TLC. I did actually watch both. I've, uh, I've begin, uh, begun to get back into watching wrestling for fun. Uh, mm. It became a bit like a job uh, after you know two you know year and a half, two years or whatever. Going getting two network, years of getting network, yeah. Um, so the fun went away, but the fun is back. I've uh, been tuned in the, these past few weeks. Uh, crazy stuff though this week with this viral meningitis thing. Yeah, uh, man. going on the WWE, obviously. Uh, removed Roman Reigns from the pay-per-view, removed Bray Wyatt from the pay-per-view. Uh, did you see all of TLC? I know you said you were in and out a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> have you caught up? Or, or? I, I saw I saw most of it, man. I, I um, one, one thing about that meningitis situation, isn't that ill that that is what they're called and we're reviewing Hush? Like, did you? Yeah. You, yeah, that's that's kind of bugged out. Um. But yeah, um, I I really what I saw from TLC TLC I really enjoyed. Um, I think one one thing that um that is interesting about WWE, especially because I have to remind myself that I don't think they're two different writing teams. You think there's a different writing team for Raw than there's for SmackDown? There is. There is. is. Okay. Um. It's interesting how sometimes they um they being the raw writing team will will start working on the long the long game, but then other times they just forsake all of that. 
You know what I'm saying? And I think that this whole Kane situation is one of those examples where you, you, you see what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to uh, b- bolster the resume of Strowman, but in order to bolster his resume, he has to have viable threats. But it's just the some of the decisions they make along the way are just weird. Our problem there is like, when was the last time Kane was a viable threat? Exactly. But so to, 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 to try to compensate for that, they have him destroy dudes at the pay-per-view, destroy, you know, pretty much the most over six-man tag team in history uh, right after their match on Raw. And then they have him, they have a uh, Balor job out to him. So it's like, they're yeah, trying that's to, the one, that's yeah. the one thing when you watch that match that you're like, that that probably was always planned, like yeah. the Kane Strowman stuff, because I guess that's how you would sort of make sense of the five on three thing. Yeah, uh, but you could tell they had to rework a lot of it without Roman there yeah. for Angle, who's kind of like not even like not involved really. Yeah, so hey, I don't know. Weird? It's a it weird, weird situation, but I, th- I feel like they did the best they they could have done with a with a bizarre. Set of circumstances. Did anybody tell Kurt that he's allowed not to smile since he's come back to WWE? Because it was so weird to, to, to see, you know, Ambrose and Rollins with the stern face and the angle behind them just smiling in his black suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like any of the angle in the shield get up thing. Uh, I feel like he should have had his own music and his own entrance. And, and people were like, well, they're, sa- they're saving it for something bigger. And I'm like, well, I mean, why? Yeah. It's like the demon thing. You you know, you can't save it forever. He has to bust that out for it to be worth anything. Yeah. Um, Hell in a Cell wise, though, I feel like the Usos and the New Day had one of the best Hell in a Cell matches ever. Yes. Easily like a, a top five one. Yes. Uh, the heel Usos are great. They, they've grown on me. At first, I was kind of um, not with it, but it, as opposed to the babyface Usos, I really like it. Um, <laughs> and, and you know I'm I'm very I can be very petty sometimes, and I think the hardest part of the whole heel Usos thing for me at first was the fact that they were wearing all black with white sneakers. I still can't get on board with that. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're really you know it's it's like it's like a no. Here's what here's why I did get on board with it. It's a very like Jax Teller look. <laughs> Remember that yeah. was his deal. Yeah, it was, it was. white sneakers the whole time. But you know what though? Um, with that being said. I feel like WWE and and this is this is like a throwback to the attitude era in a sense. They're really finally embracing people who really get along in real life having them feud because it's natural chemistry. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who watches Up Up Down Down knows that the squad is the Usos, New Day, Rusev, Rollins, uh, Rollins and AJ, you know, and 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 you know, other people come and go. So the like having the New Day and the Usos feud is like they they hang out anyway, so they can just sit and talk, you know, psychology. And it's like this, you know, the same thing with uh, basically, you know, the pairing of the bar, you know, Sheamus and, and Cesaro, they've grown into this awesome team because they're they ride together. You know, what I mean, they're they're homies. So right. I mean, that and even when the Miz and. And I mean, they're not. That's been a while now. You probably weren't watching them, but when the Miz and Ziggler were feuding, you know that stuff kind of put Miz over the top because those two are real life friends. You know, I I, I think that it's good. It's a good callback to when you had Michaels and Nash, and you know cats like that going at right, it right. on TV. But they were 
but they were like riding together and planning out all their matches, you know, just on in 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 between trip in between cities. So I think that that's something that I like that they're doing, and that's why I think the Zane and Owen stuff is going to be through the roof eventually too. Is that they're built? They're finally taking advantage of all of this natural chemistry these guys have. Yeah, I think the Usos are amazing to me because they're. I, I tweeted it during the match, being like, "This has to be one of the best like reinventions, yeah, ever." And then a lot of people like responded to that and were like, "Well, dude, what about The Rock going from like you know pineapple Rocky Maivia to The Rock?" And I'm like, "Well, that's progression. Like the Usos, like for a period, were like the best like babyface tag team in WWE. So they yeah. they had reached like a height." of what you thought it could be. And then they became heels and were somehow even better. Like it was a very Hulk Hogan, the Hollywood to, Hogan. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Or, or to use a WWE specific, like uh DX triple H to the game triple H. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're not, I'm not talking about like just people getting better and finding their character along the way. Like the Usos had hit like a peak as a face tag team. Yeah. And now are like a way cooler tag team. Like I, I like yeah. this. Yes, bet y'all didn't think y'all would get an episode of Getting Networked. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, though, uh, with wrestling, wrestling being in full tilt, um, moving towards the Survivor Series, which of course moves into whatever the hell they do in December, and then you get the Rumble. Mm-hmm. So this is a cool time for wrestling. This is also like the best month for sports. When yes. like all the sports converge, so yes. you've got the if you're a baseball fan, you got the World Series starting, you got basketball uh, underway now, and uh, you got football in full swing, both mm-hmm. pro and uh, uh, and college. So sports wise, it is an absolute uh, nonstop sort of like strobe light of possible things to watch, depending on what you're into. Yes, I will say, man, fantasy basketball is the best fantasy sport. <sighs> I disagree. Far. I disagree. It is, it is the most addictive fantasy sport by far because the scores are changing like by the second. You know, I hated fantasy basketball, and 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 my reasoning, and I don't even know. It's been a long. It's been a few years since I played, but the like you said, your your game is the combination of all of the games they play for the week right like if you're you well know, no okay let me backtrack i only play daily fantasy so you're going to talk about like a season-long fantasy okay my game is like just all the games tonight just like if we were playing fantasy oh. football on a sunday so every day is a new set Jeez. of games so yeah, yeah 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 that's different i would lose my mind if i had to play like what's called like rotisserie style fantasy where like every week it's just like how many points your dude scored over those six games. Yeah. That would would suck. Yeah. It's too, that's too long for like fulfillment for me. I need, I I need the drug now. I need it now. Am I losing? Am I winning right this second? What's happening now? Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't play this on any longer than daily level, but daily level it's fun. Now, I'm saying all this not because I want to talk about fantasy, because I remember how much flack we got on Getting Network when we used to talk about fantasy, and people would get irate about the fact we were talking about <laughs> fantasy sports. But uh, this has been like the free the free week for League Pass, which is like the NBA's version of Sunday Ticket, for those of you who aren't basketball fans, where you get all the games mm-hmm. uh, free. 
And th- there's one thing that is like the most anti Dan Jonas thing I've ever seen in my life, and yes. one that is the most pro Dan Jonas thing. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the anti thing is, is they have three different league pass packages. Oh, okay. Uh huh. They have one which is you just always get your team's games. Yeah. So if you're in South Carolina and your team is Golden State, you get all the Golden State games. But those are the only games you get. Okay? It's mm-hmm. the cheap. That's fine. The other one is your standard league pass. You get just all the games to watch. Whatever but you want to watch. Yeah. Right. Right, right. But for $50 more a year, okay, mm-hmm. which is negligible. I guess I think it's like a seven-month thing. So what if it's eight bucks a month? Yeah. Um. For $50 more a year, you get all the games, but you also get all of the stadium or the arena feed instead of commercials. So, like, when the when they have a timeout, like, you stay in the arena and you see, like, the t-shirt gun guy <laughs> and, like, all that stuff, okay? Yeah. The halftime show, uh, there was, like, a violin thing on earlier. Uh, you get to see the entrances, like so. I mean, it's it's like you get the stadium feed, and during this free pass, I've become convinced that it's almost worth it. Um, now this this is the anti Dan Johns thing because you would never pay for no, this. No, I would not. Right. Okay. Now here's the here's the pro Dan Johns thing that comes from this. Is the other night I was watching the Phoenix Suns game, mm-hmm. and. Their halftime show gets ready to start, and I was like, "All right, let's let's see what let's see what we got here. We got like the gorilla that's still there, that still dunks and all that stuff. And yeah. then they're uh, uh, here to perform is hit song, Grammy nominated singer, songwriter, producer, and pastor. No, which which <laughs> which not there's not a Grammy for pastoring. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> what." What award he's claiming? <laughs> There's not a pastoral Grammy no. that is given out. And Pastor Montel Jordan. So Montel Jordan <laughs> comes out to do. This is how we do it, right? Yeah. And he is going. He's he's changing all the lyrics to the song. Oh God. So he's like, uh, you know. Uh, Phoenix does it like nobody does. Like all this stuff, like, uh, to all my sons, you got much flavor. So like, he's changing all the lyrics. And this is where I was like, this, I feel like Montel Jordan and Dan could be friends because this is the post your real career side hustle of all side hustles. Because I guarantee you, he just goes from city to city. Killing it. Just Milwaukee does it like nobody yes. does. Yes, lighting up, man. Getting yeah. paid <laughs> hand and over fist. Fat white dudes in the crowd just mm. dancing their asses off, singing "This Is How We Do It" oh, uh, with, with Montel Jordan and his like customized for your city version <laughs> of a song <laughs> that is twenty eight years old. Absolutely, I, I'm glad this didn't go where I thought it was going because there was a time that people compared me and that fella. Cause you know how you say I look like everybody, but there was there was a time that they said I look like him, so I'm glad it didn't go there. No, 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 no. It was just just the side hustle. Yeah, gotta it's have Dan it. John's king of side hustles. Absolutely. To realize that Montel, Montel Jordan is like just killing m- it, <laughs> finding any way to keep the mileage going 
on this is how we do it. He probably went to like a, a the University of Phoenix and did it like before he left town. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so you 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 bought all the way into that. Oh, did no, I haven't bought it yet? I'm I'm just I'm milking Sorry. the free preview now. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna buy the stadium feed. Did, did we did, have I already told you that one of our fantasy football league members it does uh directs the games for the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks? Oh no, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, your your arch nemesis. He he does he does uh the Milwaukee Bucks during the NBA season, and he works for um the who is he the Brewers during baseball season. Oh, okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah. Um, Here's another thing that's awesome um, is that Netflix, big, bold announcement uh, a few days ago. Um, you and I briefly touched on it, but I wanted to talk about it here with you just because like, when you begin to wrap your mind around what they're saying they're going to do, yeah, it's really bonkers next level. Netflix yeah. says they are going to release 80 original movies in 2018. That's crazy. That is uh, you know, a decimal, but it's between six and seven movies every month. I mean, I mean that, would, that would make Netflix the most prolific movie studio in the world not, by a hilarious margin. Not even – that doesn't even discount the fact that series are still pumping out too. I mean, you know, they're still dropping – like Voltron just dropped. Stranger Things drops this weekend. Um, I mean – yeah, it's, it's Punisher in two weeks. Goodness gracious, I'm still. Please tell me you've seen that Punisher trailer. Oh yes. Oh man, money great. Finally, finally, Mar- the Marvel series are coming back after a string of duds. They should have just. Come- they, they, they. I mean, I love. I like Luke Cage, but they didn't have to do Iron Fist at all. They could have. They could have just not done that. Just introduce us to him during the thing or whatever. I don't know. Did you did you watch Defenders or whatever? I did. Is it good? No. See? Well, the the, the things it's it's you know what it is about Defenders? Defenders is just like the series. If you like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they're pretty much themselves. But because apparently the whole story revolves around Danny Rand, it makes Defenders terrible. Which is like why would you why? Because because the hand and you know the iron. Fist That's like are, I think yeah. I think it's cool that Cyborg is in Justice League. Yeah. But if I go to Justice League and it's all about Cyborg, that's the dumbest idea ever. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like no Daredevil started this gangster shit. How is he not the centerpiece of this? Yeah. Is this all the banks he gets? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, here's here's where I think the Netflix Marvel series run into trouble every time is that they take themselves so seriously that if yeah. you don't if you don't land it it's there's no escape. Like yeah. here's what I'd say: Arrow is objectively a bad television show at this point. Uh, I, I we talk it's about it's all that. it's also hilariously dumb. Which, much like Sons of Anarchy seasons three through a hundred, uh, was great. Once you accept great. that, yeah. yeah. Once you accept, like this is never going to make any sense. It's entertaining. You're you're all in. That's fine. 
that's like, like wrestling. watching bad wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's like wrestling. Once you, you know, people who try to rationalize why wrestling isn't real, they kill it for themselves. You you don't do that when you watch anything else. You know what I mean? It's it's not supposed to. I mean, it's supposed to invoke emotion. It's not supposed to make you think that he was literally killed. Not most of the time, anyway. But yeah, right. So eighty movies dropping in the next uh, next year. They they seem to be unloading a few right now. You've had uh, a movie called Jer- By the way, another brilliant thing that Netflix did is they timed like apparently fifteen Stephen King releases around it coming out in the theater because they've just dropped another one today. Smart. Another new Stephen King movie. Very Algor- smart. Algorithm. <laughs> Algorithm. Um, yes. For action fans. Uh, we're not gonna. We're probably not gonna do it because we got a few more Halloween movies to to watch. Uh, movie dropped last week on Netflix called Wheelman. I've been hearing good Starring things. Frank Grillo, who uh, plays uh, Crossbones in the Captain America movies, also in the Purge movies. It's pretty good. It's pretty mm. good. Also, if you're an Amazon Primer, The Wall, uh, the movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena, also pretty good. Mm. Also. Essentially, the exact same plot as Wheelman. So, don't do what I did and watch them back to back. You're going to be like, I'm watching the same movie just in a different location. Wow. So, I didn't know that going in. Didn't know that going in. <laughs> but one of the movies that uh, was part of 2017's Netflix exclusive slate was a little movie directed by Mike Flanagan, starring Kate Siegel. That movie is called Hush. That is the movie we are diving into now. Uh, I've seen a few of the, I've seen a few Netflix like original joints, which a lot of the Netflix movies they just like buy off of other studios because other studios aren't going to put them out. Oh yeah, or they can't uh, afford. Which is smart. Good yeah. for them. Good for Netflix to just reap it. This has to be my favorite one. I had seen it before. Uh, Mark had recommended it, but it was a pleasure to watch it again. This movie is awesome. Yeah, man. Um. I, I the first the first about fifteen twenty minutes, well, wh- however long it, it took, I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to survive this thing, uh, because it had me on the edge of my seat, and I think that the concept is so bonkers, you know what I mean, in the sense that, you know, it it doesn't take a lot of effort to 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 do what they did here. Well, I I, I don't I I don't want to say that. Let me rephrase that. It. You know, you don't need a lot of special effects and, you know, all kinds of high tech stuff to to set the mood that they set here because they put you in the position of being, you know, the victim here, you know, and understanding how she would have to experience what she's experiencing. You know what I mean? And that that made it that in itself made it interesting. And because because of that approach the dialogue isn't cheesy because they eliminated most of the dialogue by giving you the raw emotion and experience of going through this as someone who lost their hearing, you know? And I think that this movie, this movie kills it. I mean, you know, no pun intended, but this movie is executed. I I hate, I don't want to say flawlessly, but it was real close. It's yeah. You're, you've taken, um, you, you've taken what's not a particularly complex concept and done it so like uh, accurately or not accurately. What's the word I'm thinking of? 
so precisely yeah. that it makes it all that much more impressive. Like it comes off like as a much more comprehensive machine than it really is. Because I mean, at its core, this really isn't any different than any other like home invasion yeah. horror movie. So yeah. I mean it's very in the thing. The the gimmick or the twist obviously is the fact that your main character, Maddie, is deaf. Um, Dan, as an audiophile, I know you had to love like the first thirty seconds of the movie. Uh, and the way they go about the reveal. Yeah. When uh, she's cooking and they got the volume like cranked on yeah. like everything she's doing. So it's like the burner turning on, the onion getting peeled, yeah. vegetables getting chopped, the water boiling. And then you kind of like the camera pans up to her head and you like just kind of with a with a simple like zoom effect, like no yeah. crazy special like inner ear wormhole thing like you would see in a, like mm-hmm. a big budget movie. You just realize that she can hear none of it and she's deaf. I thought yeah. that was like one of the most genius things. Yeah, uh, I did. Too. I've seen in a long time. I did, too. Um, I will say that the first thing I thought when they were showing her cook and, and how they were zooming in on that and whatnot is the. The intro to Dexter, it reminded me of that. Um, you watched Dexter or no? No? No. You've uh, tried to get me a million times. Well, it, this isn't even about Dexter. It's just about the, the intro to Dexter is like he's basically fixing breakfast. Similar to how she was cooking here, but he's basically fixing breakfast. But the camera angles they chose made it look murderous. Like, you know, st- stuff like squeezing the juice out of the orange. And it was just simple stuff, but they, they shot it in a way that made it him you know fixing breakfast look murderous to play into the fact he was a serial killer and that's kind of like the vibe i got at first as i was watching her cook it's like oh they're hinting at the you know it's kind of like a nod to the violence that will be taking place in the movie you know it was kind of that's what i how i i took it yeah and it was it was really really well done and you see like she communicates via text with like the neighbors yeah uh etc and i just really liked that you know, a crazy fact when you get into the IMDb trivia on this movie is that it, it's an 85 minute movie and there's only 15 minutes of uh, 15 minutes of scenes where somebody's talking. Yeah, that's that's so and, 70 yeah. minutes have no talking, which on paper sounds like a movie you couldn't convince me to watch. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing. Even without me knowing that, I knew that it wasn't much talking and and they made the words count little stuff man that every they executed as well this this was like a well uh a well thought through a well executed match you know what i mean like they they choreographed the heck out of every little thing the little details um just just they knocked it out of the park and the the performances by the the two main characters i mean really the budget for this movie had to be very low because you didn't need but what pay five people right (laughs) Right, maybe six. Who, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's awesome that it's a husband and wife. Uh, you know, the husband's the director, the the main character that's on the camp, you know, on the on the screen for eighty four, eighty five minutes. Uh, is his wife uh, again in the IMDb trivia? They said that they like role played in their house like every single scene of this movie before they wrote it down to wow. uh, to make sure it would work like logistically. Uh, I think that's pretty genius. We've talked about like budgets a lot on this show. So when we talked about like, uh, for example, the Stevens maximum, uh, what was maximum conviction? Maximum <laughs> conviction. Yes. Uh, remember we're talking. About, I mean, that's a ten million dollar budget. 
of which I'm pretty sure Steven Skull pocketed nine of it. This movie, $1 million, looks like 50 Yeah, it looks great. I, it, I would have to say that the majority of that budget, with the main star being his wife, probably went into like the cameras and lenses. <laughs> just yeah. you know and lighting because it looks incredible and they and and i've talked about this before to shoot most of this movie in a night well all of this movie really in a night type environment is the hardest movie to make look good it could either look really really great or it could look terrible and they made it look really really great yeah why why do you say that just for the the un camera well, knowledgeable well um you know, most movies. Just that, that if you if you light it anyway, it like won't look like it it's won't really look nice. like. Yeah, it, you, you have to. They, they say that you actually have to do more lighting, more precise and more expensive and more. Well, not expensive, but more involved lighting techniques to make it look like night. You know what I'm saying? Because because most most uh, studio lights are bright on because by design because that's what they're for. And if you're going to make it look like like when they're outside in in her yard for example for you to be able to see her but not over light the background so it still looks like night that's not easy you know what i'm saying or like you know scenes with her, with her under the porch or you know to to be able to keep the integrity of your shot and make it look like night but then still have everything visible enough that the the viewer can watch it without straining their eyes that's not easy and they killed it you know what i'm saying um you know, you, you, I think that this, yeah. yeah, I think all of those things like add up. Like, and I feel like they, they, that's sort of a good byproduct from doing this podcast. Yeah, for the time we've been doing it, is I begin to notice, like, like and appreciate, like, you know what? They made a ballsy decision to be like, this is a one location movie. This yeah. whole movie, you no, know, like, we're not going to cheat. We're never going to cut away. We're not going to go to the police department and see what they're doing. Yeah, or what's up? This whole thing's taking place in the house and in the front yard. Yeah, like. That is it. Um, Wheelman, not to be a spoiler, very similar. Like the whole movie is Frank Grillo in a car, and the bad guy is on the phone. So mm. it's like it's ninety minutes of Grillo trying to you know carrying this thing by himself. So yeah. I've, I've like I've learned to appreciate sort of uh, like it's not it's not a DIY thing, but just it's a minimalist thing. Yeah, I mean to be honest, that's that's um, it's somebody like me who who try to shoot a music video in one location. It's it's one of the hardest things in the world to do because you you can't find but so many views in one location when you don't have a big budget. But then when you are somebody like this that that executed perfectly, like they used every single inch of this house. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's not a part of this house we're not aware of after this movie's over. You you know what I'm you get what I'm saying? They right. they they nailed it and they they made it work. They made everything is. Things as simple as glass doors, windows, you know, uh, attic windows. I mean, they they pretty much nailed it. Stuff that you wouldn't even think about in a, a big budget movie. Like, who thinks about the deck of a house ha- having like a crawl space under it? You get what I'm saying? Like, and and that's the kind of stuff that they made work for them. So I can see. You know, the, the more I think about it, I say the you know lights. Maybe they probably put more into lighting and and just. Yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, that, with one location. Like, I wonder, was this somebody's crib? Like, this that would be something I'd be interested in. Is this 
a set or is this just a house that they just rented? Oh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's just a house. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I there's no way they built a freaking log cabin just for this movie. Like, yeah. A dope yeah. cabin, too. <laughs> um, So the the main I don't want to get to I mean, we're going to get into the movie. We're going to talk about everything. But I mean, I want to maybe leave some details on the table here. But the general thing is, is that your main character is a she's an author. She's gone deaf, as we discussed. Uh, according to the plot summary, it was due to bacterial meningitis, which is yeah. different than viral meningitis, which is what the WWE locker room uh, apparently had. Uh, her neighbor comes over to return a copy of her book. She's read it. The neighbor's like learning sign language. Um, and then uh, she leaves the house. She goes inside to to finish her, her cooking after nearly burning the house down by leaving it burning. Of course, she couldn't hear the smoke alarm. Mm-hmm. That sets up a lot of cool things like. The only way she can know the smoke alarm's going off is she's got like a crazy like strobe light on it. Yeah, that'll come back into play later in the movie. Um, when her and the neighbor are talking, she goes into like this like she has like the writer's mind where she could see like multiple choices and multiple endings all the time. That comes into play in the movie. So I yes. feel like this movie does a really good job of like just sort of introducing what appears to be like these innocuous concepts. Yeah early on and then making sure to circle back around and tie them into the plot in a way that's, you know, a little fantastic with the, like her ability to like predict the future sort of thing, but it's not, it's not dumb. Yo, I gotta say this and I can't remember the name of it. What's the name of that Nick Cage time travel movie? Um, Uh, next, next. How did she just body the whole concept of that with her voices and, acting out what would happen if she made certain choices. She right. bodied it in comparison to that big budget movie next. Oh yeah. Way, <laughs> way better than next. <laughs> she they executed it perfectly. Yeah. And I was joking because I didn't really think it really was a cast of five people. That's really, like, yeah. Yeah. This is like, yeah, this really is like the best version of next. <laughs> Like if ne- if that whole next movie would have taken place in one location, it might have been actually okay. I guess so, man. And it was just Cage trying to figure out how to get out of a house or get out of a compound or something. Like, the, here's what I'm saying: Th- this next and this, like, it's a way to do like the Groundhog Day thing. Yeah. But not have it involve like time travel or like uh, what was the Tom Cruise movie called? Um edge of tomorrow oh or, yeah 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 it, w- it was called edge of tomorrow in theaters and then when it came out on dvd they na- they renamed it live die repeat <laughs> just like it's like i've never i can't i've never seen a movie do that before no that that's good movie america yeah um so yeah so i mean she has the ability to like see like if i were to run the house down the killer would kill me so to speak so yeah uh but anyways the neighbor suddenly gets like slammed against the door and she is getting murdered, uh, stabbed by a masked man. I like when movies are not violent for violence sake, even though I do like that. But in in this particular genre, in this type of movie, I like when it's violent just to drive home a point. And that's what this was. This wasn't just like, let's be brutal for like shock value. It was like, what if, what if somebody was getting, super duper grisly murdered and you were deaf and yeah. you could hear it. it. It made the whole scene that much more like unnerving. Yeah, it did. And and it was like the realization the dude was coming to, 
um, about the fact that the lady she was trying to get help from, because he wasn't even tri- tripping and whether she could hear or not, she was going to get it too. But when he yep. realized that she couldn't, she couldn't hear, it was like, it's like he, it, it did something for him. You know, it just, that's the whole gist of the movie basically is that the, the, because she can't hear and you know, um, I don't know, are we, we're not too much, we're not doing too much play by play. Right. But, um, no, yeah, go in, you know, go into whatever you yeah, want to. Yeah. I mean, because she couldn't hear once he realized that all he had to do basically was get her cell phone and, and cut off her communication with the outside world. He could play all night. It was, oh man, it was crazy. I mean, it was very unnerving for, for Kate, but, um, or Maddie as her character was called, but it was, it was game on, which I, I guess he's just apparently a serial killer because we don't get any sort of introduction as to why he's murdering a neighbor other than the fact that he just kills people. And what I would say, that makes it scarier. Yeah. When you yeah. don't have a reason. Yeah. That's true. When you have a backstory and it's like, oh, he was tortured as a child and da 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 da, da it, it like humanizes him too much. This guy is just nuts. Yeah, he is. He's just sadistic. There's no time for exposition. There's no time for explanations as to what he's doing or why he's doing it. He just likes to kill and torture people. And this lady happens to be there. So he realized she's, uh, that she's deaf. Um, I thought it was super slick how she's like working on her next book writing. And, uh, he starts sending her pictures of her writing from a friend's phone. Yeah. That is, that is like, the scariest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it, at this point, I'm trying to decide how much I hate you because I was like watching the movie at this point, like, oh my god, I'm not gonna make it through this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, if I pass, I, 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 I text you like, if I have a heart attack because this, this, this was so realistic, you know, as far as I know. I mean, I've never been deaf, but the fact that you know. The stuff he was doing was like, man, this is like what a crazy person would really do. You know, it was just like, man, I, ugh, man. <laughs> Dude, I, you know, you know, I have a, I have a TV in my backyard. I have an outdoor TV. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I, it wasn't this movie, but it was another just like a, like a horror movie like this. And like 10 minutes in, I was like, you know, I'm gonna watch this inside. <laughs> like. There is something super weird and chilling about, like, n- not the idea, that j- just the idea that someone is watching you is weird. Yeah. But if you're watching someone in a movie that someone is watching them, that's yes. almost as weird. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This movie does a great job with, like, dread. Yeah, absolutely. Like, s- certain scenes where dude was just toying with her. Like, he pretty much. I like when she writes on the she writes on the glass uh won't tell didn't see your face boyfriend's coming home um and he appears on like right there and then he pulls the mask off as when he takes the the mask right. he's wearing off yeah and he's like uh see my face now and then walks off like yo you're not getting out of this you're not bending yeah. your way out of this one it's 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 game time I I was like yeah when he took that mask off I was like oh boy this dude is I mean, of now course this he... dude's resume is unreal. John Gallagher Jr. is the guy that plays the killer. John Gallagher Jr. 
is a Tony Award winning uh, Broadway actor for the play Spring Awakening. The Tony, of course, being uh, the theater's version of the Oscars. Yes. Uh, so this guy's no joke, no slouch. Uh, yeah, uh, like a real, a real murder actor here. No pun intended. Uh, and he does an amazing job, man. I think this guy comes across completely realistic and out of his mind and smart. Yeah. The whole movie. He's ne- yeah. he's never does anything dumb, which you expect like the monster, the killer in a horror movie to do often. Yeah, dude is dude's resume is legit, which is funny. Is is like he's played in like several series that you mock me for watching. <laughs> he's, right. he's he's basically been on every version of Law and Order and NYPD Blue. Has he been on JAG? <laughs> no. No. He doesn't, this, he doesn't, this, doesn't have like a fighter pilot look, so that makes God, sense. God, you and this JAG joke that never dies. <laughs> but yeah, man, he, he really did well um, here, um, especially with the 15 minutes of lines that he got because I believe him and the the dead the the woman he murdered and her boyfriend pretty much did all the talking and it, and the sister for a couple of lines right but yeah um the boyfriend shows up uh after like a bunch of stuff's happened so th- they've gone back and forth he's gotten his arm slammed in the window he's gotten stabbed in the arm uh and he's sort of like the terminator in the fact that yeah. like, none of this seems to like bother him more than like 5 seconds yeah, he's After soft that. selling. He's a road warrior, hawk, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just road, just stabbed in the arm. Nothing. Doomsday device. Yeah. Um, uh, he he shoots her in the leg when she gets on the roof with a crossbow. He gets he has a crossbow at one point, but then the boyfriend shows up. I love this whole exchange yes. with the boyfriend because he comes running around the corner. He's got like a flashlight on him. He's pretending to be a cop, and you know what? That's terrifying because a hundred percent of people would fall for that. Yeah, me I, included. Yeah, um, my 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 baby boys making a little racket. If y'all hear that in the background, we apologize. Um, the first thing that that I felt about that was, yeah, he he really did the role, but was he supposed to be off duty or something? What what was the explanation for him having on a hoodie and jeans? That's you know, the, he says that he the guy's like, you're a cop. And he's like, um, I'm just a deputy. So you, yeah. you know how like any dude can be deputized. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Not like, that's true. So he, he, that's how he explained it away. But if if I went to, if I thought somebody was breaking in my neighbor's house and I went over there and a dude came running around the corner and was like, freeze, freeze, and putting a flashlight in my face, there's no way I'd be like, this has to be the killer. Yeah. See, in that that like you said that that is very alarming because you know that could happen. Yeah, I think everybody would fall for that. Yeah, that that that's the way that whole thing worked out, man. It was crazy. I do, you know, blame the boyfriend for either taking too long to come to his wits, or no, just taking too long, or just not executing his plan sooner, like trying to get the perfect angle for what he was trying to do, you know. And I was just like, what? Once you you realize who he is, you just gotta, you know, deal with him. And then uh, that that whole monologue that that uh the killer did after that to the dying boyfriend. Yeah, well, yeah, oh. the, the boyfriend tries to like hit him with a rock, and he's about to hit him with the rock, and then Maddie starts like banging on the door on the inside, and it just it unfortunately distracts her boyfriend, and the killer dude spins around and stabs him right in the throat. Yeah, uh, and he starts bleeding everywhere. But then this dude goes like full super soldier and just like. Yeah. 
drags him down, puts him like in a chokehold. Yeah, he uh, went Road Warrior Hawk for real. Yeah, she was John, <laughs> John, the boyfriend, going out like a G here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then, then when dude caught up, was like, yeah, I definitely couldn't have beat you in a fight. And I'm like, nah, yeah, you, you, John would have d- done you in if you hadn't stabbed him in the neck. <laughs> it would have been something. Um, this is where like uh, she like tries to escape and she like realizes she can't do it because uh, like sure her leg is bleeding real bad. And then we start to get like these. This is where we start getting like the writers. The writer's mind kicks mm-hmm. in. So you see her like come down, come out the window, and run out. He shoots her with the crossbow. He kills her. Uh, she hides like where she hides somewhere like under the bed or like, some bleeds student, out, right? Yeah. Some student bleeds out. She hides somewhere else, and he comes in and drags her out and kills her. So you get to like play through these three scenes that are played like like you're really watching it happen, and then you realize that they're all her like not doing a flashback, but like a flash forward yeah. to what to what could happen. And I think this stuff's well done. I mean, again, like you said, they don't use any special effects, but they get that. They still get they get all the effect of what they're yeah. trying to do through. Yeah. Um and all and throughout this whole thing and as the voices are overlapping, you know, telling her, you know, pretty much striking out her options. There's only one thing left, there's only one option left, there's only one option left. And when they, you know, basically she comes to the conclusion that her only choice is to kill the dude, it was like that moment <laughs> and I know this is so far from it but this is like that moment in bad boys too when everybody's like we're going to cuba to get her you know it's like oh right it's on now she she's like hey if i'm gonna go out i'm going out on my shield and that and then this then this movie like suddenly becomes like extra violent home alone yes <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect way to describe it that's that's crazy but yeah she but and and like the little stuff, like she had been struggling with that crossbow for. Dude, I love that. That in and yes. of itself is something they don't like. You know, everyone in a horror movie is like a, a master of all weapons. Like, if I get yeah. a machete, I can just chop your arm off one swing, no problem. Oh, I got the axe, I can kill you. I know how to use. I know how to swing an axe like a lumberjack. Like every, no matter how simple it is, I got guns. Yeah, I know how to shoot guns. I got laser accurate aim. She is like worthless for the most part of this crossbow i can't even get it pulled back uh to like yeah. load it so i thought that was great to yeah. be like she's not she's not helpless but there's no reason she should be any good with a crossbow and she's not and especially after her hand got slammed in the door you know yeah she definitely shouldn't have been and stopped it. yeah dude yeah dude mangled her hand he's she's... like outside now and she's like he's like uh just taunting her basically she writes, uh, do it coward on the door in her own blood, in her blood. What a, what a G. And, uh, <laughs> she's, he's about to come in. So she goes to the laptop and she types like what he looks like in a description. And is like, I went out fighting da, 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 on the laptop, closes it. Um, and then she goes into the bathroom and she's sitting there with a knife. And this is like maybe the scariest scene in the movie. Yes. Uh, because the killer doesn't come through the door he comes in through the like skylight in the yeah. bathroom and you like the way the camera spins around and you see, he's just silently behind her and she's sitting there looking at the door, all like tensed up with the knife in her hand is crazy. Yes. And he made the mistake of talking too much and letting his breath hit her neck. And that was pretty much where, where it got real. <laughs> she spins around, stabs him in the leg 
runs runs out of there. He comes out. She swings a paint can down from the top of the stairs. It hits her. It's, it hits him in the face. She runs in the bedroom. She puts an iron on the doorknob. He touches it. And, no, no, that's all Home Alone stuff, Dan. None yeah. of that happens. In this I movie. know. I was okay, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. what? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> yeah. She does a slow motion voice into her talk boy and then <laughs> and then plays it so the killers think another dude is in the house. Um, But no, she runs in the kitchen. She gets b- bug spray. Yeah. He chases her. Murks him in the face with the bug spray. He starts his eyes hurt. Just in case his eyes didn't hurt enough, she then just starts blasting him with the smoke alarm, which is both loud and a strobe light. Yeah. He starts strangling her. They're like wrestling and fighting in the kitchen, and then she gets a corkscrew, stabs him in the throat, and like, uh, through his throat him. too. Yeah. yeah. And what was dope about this whole scene is, as crazy as it already sounds, she's bleeding out. So she's like visions getting blurry. She's losing like focus, you know, so she's it's pretty much her last ditch effort, which I don't understand why she didn't just pass out after she killed him. If she was going through all of that while she was fighting him, maybe the adrenaline or whatever. But right. um, but yeah, that that made added to everything is the fact that she was, you know, bleeding out and, and losing consciousness. But yeah, that that's why the bug spray, the bug spray worked in the sense that from the way they set it up, you thought she'd already passed out. So he was about to, you know, do his worst. And she just blam caught him in the eye with it. The throat. Well, I'm talking about the bug spray early on. Oh yeah. The bug yeah. spray in the eye. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cause, and, and that's when, um, you know, everything else happened, but yeah, she caught him in the throat and the corkscrew like went through, like through and through. Like, yeah, she made sure he bled out. Um, and then she calls 911 from, uh, he had had her phone. That was like the big time clock. That's why she couldn't get any help. Yeah. Uh, she calls 911 and, uh, you kind of don't, you kind of don't see like whether she lives or dies. You're just left to believe that she lives, but, uh, she's like petting the cat. The police arrive and that's where the movie ends. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. Love the execution. Um, I would, I'd highly recommend this to anyone who can, who's not. It's not for the weak at heart, you know, but um, it's not so much from a gory standpoint, but yeah, it, it like you said, we've said several times, tense. It would drive, tense, real tense, man. It'll drive you up a wall. And that's uh, that's that's what makes it great at the same time. Now, um, this movie, I want to touch on this real fast because uh, this movie was distributed by Bloomhouse which has, like, the most murderous track record. Like, they only do, like, what you would consider low-budget horror movies, Mm. and they typically, like, pick them, buy them, uh, sometimes sometimes make them themselves. But, I mean, they have, like, they don't miss. It's ridiculous. Like, they're like the Rockefeller of freaking low-budget horror movies. Let me give give you some stats. You ready for some stats? All right. 2009, their first release was a little movie called Paranormal Activity. Oh, wow. Paranormal Activity had a budget of, what would you guess? Mm, about a mil? Way too high. $15,000. Jesus. $15,000. How much did it gross? $193 million. Oh, they, yeah, they could just shut down shop after that one. Followed it up with Paranormal Activity 2, which had a budget of $3 million. It did one seventy-seven. Jeez. Uh, they then went and got James Wan, who just most recently has directed two Fast and the Furious movies. He did a movie called Insidious for $1.5 million. It did 97 Oh, my goodness. 
They upped it a little bit. No, sorry. They doubled down on Paranormal Activity for Paranormal Activity 3, uh, just in case you're worried about whether sequels continue to make money. They put another $5 million into that. It did 207 <laughs> They're just printing money. So just the murder, 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 murder. Then 2013, they stumble onto another series called The Purge. They make the first Purge for $3 million. It does $89 million. Mm. Uh, they financed this guy's movie, which was a WWE film, Oculus. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. It's a little bit bananas. Um, <laughs> and Oculus, it's a little all over the map, but still, five million made ninety point nine. Yeah, they print money though. I mean, yeah, crushing. So yeah, they two thousand fourteen. They don't. Uh, they make horror movies, but their big hit isn't horror movies. They buy a movie starring uh, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller called Whiplash, about a drummer. Mm. Uh, they make this movie for $3.3 million. It makes $49 million, but it wins the Academy Award that year for the Best Picture. Goodness gracious, Bloomhouse. Where is that? Ma- mashing. Yes. Mashing. Let me go down and see if there's any other ones that jump out. Uh, they do make one of the biggest bombs in history, Jim and the Holograms. Uh, they spend $5 million, They make two. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. There was a movie that of that? Movie yep. version of that? The theater. It was a theatrical Jeez. movie. It came out in 2015. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That's why I bombed. Yeah. Jim. And uh, then this, this uh, sorry, last week, last week, uh, I was a bit, sorry, hold on, let me go back. They give M. Night Shyamalan, uh, who is Caleb's, uh, our good friend Caleb's favorite person on earth, they're like, you know what? Come back. We're going to buy your movie Split. Uh, that came out, which is also dope, if you haven't mm. seen it. Have you seen Split yet? No, I haven't seen it. Dope. And if you've ever seen Unbreakable, super dope, because it connects to Unbreakable in a way you would never imagine. Uh, so go watch Split. They say, hey, we'll make your movie. We'll give you $9 million M. Night to make it. He makes it. This movie, $278 million. Jeez Louise. What it grosses. Same year, they make a movie called Get Out for $4.5 million. It does two fifty three. But then this week, I liked this movie because it looked kind of like Groundhog Day. Also has 50 Cent in the Club as the soundtrack in the trailer. A little movie called Happy Death Day just came out last week. And it's getting uh, big, big reviews. I, yeah. I haven't, yeah. They say it's good. They say it's good. They made it for $4.8 million, and its first week, it did fifty four. So they're already in the black. Yep, black by a multiple of twelve, or sorry, fourteen. I mean, but you just just listen to those numbers you're throwing out, man. They've made over a billion dollars and probably spent what, maybe, I don't know, seventy million. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. That's great. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing what the folks at Bloomhouse have been able to do. I mean, they've they've won the Academy Award for Best Picture, which is amazing in and of itself, and they've yeah. turned. They've turned a million dollars into a hundred million uh, about fifteen times at this point. Absolutely, yeah. That that's that's good work, man. We didn't even touch on the Serial Olympics. Oh, Serial Olympics! I was going to finish this podcast and not even talk about it, guys. We're wrapping up round one. We're getting into round two. We apologize for the delay. My matchup was Apple Cinnamon Cheerios versus. Captain Crunch, the OG edition. This is a matchup that you're like, when it's like, next week on Raw, Roman Reigns is going to take on Bo Dallas. 
I hope that I hope that fits into something else that's going on because that in and of itself doesn't make any sense. You guys voted. You guys chose. It wasn't close. The OG Captain Crunch wins handily, as you would expect. Dan, your matchup: Corn Pops versus Corn Flakes. I know this was a sentimental matchup for you, is you know when you grew up as a child, Corn Flakes was the only cereal available. <laughs> you would think, as much as my did, grandfather bought it, my grandfather bought Corn Flakes like it was the only cereal. Yeah, you would. Did think. you want? Did you want Corn Flakes to win? Were you sad that the that the listeners downvoted nah. Corn? Nah, not not sad at all. I mean, it's still a staple of my childhood because of the enormous, larger than life, about the size of a flat screen monitor box of cornflakes that I would get every two weeks. But um, yeah, corn pops just demolish cornflakes. There's no comparison, N- not even close. So next week we are going to bring you the first uh, of the second round of the cereal olympics and we're going to stay with these two cereals it is going to be corn pops formidable challenger mm-hmm. versus the og original flavor captain crunch yeah for next week's cereal olympics first second round matchup also for next week you know what man we're sticking with netflix originals uh-oh they're doing 80 movies in 2018 we may just do nothing but netflix originals oh wow knows who knows how it's going to change who knows what you guys suggest get your suggestions in get your five-star reviews another netflix original in the horror genre to continue halloween month the babysitter okay billed as a horror comedy so hopefully won't scare dan away Uh, (laughs) the podcast be over (laughs) yeah we are going to be doing that next week or uh if we can convince dan slash find the time maybe we'll record another episode this week to get caught up on uh yeah. the delay but we'll see yeah. we'll see and and uh thank you all for being patient with us as always next week the babysitter and now because we're in the second round it's one matchup of the cereal olympics everybody can eat cereal along with us corn pops versus cap crunch, crunch the og captain the real captain um so uh <laughs> five star yeah that's it man so uh thank y'all don't forget, hashtag FlixTape for all your comments, feedback, suggestions, questions, hashtag bars. Um, but yeah, we'll see y'all next week, and thank y'all for tuning in. See ya.